0: the Colts still have a few areas you could consider vulnerable and it could lead to them making a move. Let's get to it.
1: You are Locked On Colts, your daily Indianapolis Colts podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: All right, everyone. Thanks for tuning in and making us your first listen of the day. This is your daily podcast covering your Indianapolis Colts, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And today's show is presented by LinkedIn Jobs, which helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Just post your job for free at linkedin.com slash on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. What is up everybody? I am Jake Arthur. He is Zach Hicks. You know the two of us from HorseshoeHuddle.com. Uh, I am your resident credential media member for the site. Uh, really gearing up to to hit things hard for training camp there at Grand Park in Westfield. And this is the grimiest guy in the film business, <laughs> Zach Hicks. Grimiest? Hey, hey, that I'm trying to stick with the young people lingo and sometimes grimy is a very good thing i'm using it in the good sense of the word <laughs> i have
1: never heard a grimiest as a good thing
0: you're younger than me you've <laughs> got to know some of this lingo
1: <laughs> no no maybe we're just two old dudes <laughs> i'll, in use, the show at this I'll point. use something
0: flowery for the next episode <laughs> okay, okay. something that cannot be mistaken
1: grimiest grimiest, grimiest. Okay, okay
0: slimiest <laughs> would have been worse
1: Yeah, that's true, that's
0: true. We're getting very off track here on this grimy, grimy episode (laughs) of Locked on Colts. Uh, Today, so training camp isn't here yet, so we're still kind of putting some pretty bows on some things and kind of looking over the roster, doing a, a little bit of an overhaul one more time. So today, we're looking at the three areas of the roster that seem the most vulnerable uh, you don't want to necessarily call them needs because a lot of these areas, you know what the Colts are doing, but they are still pretty vulnerable. Uh, and then and in order to kind of alleviate some of those areas, we're going to look at uh, some free agents this Colts could still sign, uh, as well as some potential trades they could pull off, uh, bringing in either other players or shipping off a couple of their own. Uh, so looking at it first, uh, and, and we're also going to discount quarterback because we obviously know what the plan there is. Um, But just looking at the roster as a whole, you look at cornerback and it is super, super reliant on youth this year. Uh, And Kenny Moore is, gosh, this is maybe the most important he's had to be for a while. And the bummer of that is he's coming off another season where he was banged up and he had the whole contract dispute last offseason, which all fences seem to be mended on that front. Uh, But at the same time, that did happen. So, like, it's not the sunniest skies in terms of what your expectations are from Kenny Moore right now. Uh, So, Zach, what do you think about cornerback? Like, are you comfortable with it or do you think it is pretty vulnerable?
1: I would not be comfortable with it whatsoever if this were last season. If they had made the trade for Matt Ryan, if they had you know, paid some decent money for Yannick and gakaway and stuff like that, like if they had spent money to quote unquote, go all in, you know, go get that veteran quarterback, go get more weapons and, and stuff like that. And then they rolled out this cornerback group. Then I would have been pretty concerned. I would have been like, what are they doing? You know, like, this is just not a good plan and it's not going to, I mean, it could work out obviously, but it's such a small chance of working out for that next season that, you know, Really playing with fire there. But when we're looking at the context of what the 2023 season's going to be, where they're potentially starting a young quarterback, they're potentially going young at several other positions. Why not get these young cornerbacks some playing time? You know? So when we look at like free agents, the Colts could sign. We look at uh trades they could make and stuff to alleviate the concerns of that cornerback position. Like, we'll we'll say some names here in the later segments, but like for the most part, I'd rather just see these young guys get thrown into the fire and see what they can do. You know, like I, I'm not saying it's going to be great for this next season, but I understand the process and I understand getting these guys some playing time. And, you know, if Juju Brents and, and Darius rush, you know, get the most snaps this whole season at cornerback. I think that's overall a pretty good thing because you're going to see what these guys can do. And, you know, if they have the confidence to, to fight through some tough times that they're going to have this year, then you could have two really good cornerbacks on your hands. So, I do think it's the cornerback. It's the position on the roster, the cornerback position that is that has the widest range of possibilities. Like they could be the worst cornerback room in all of football this year, but these young players could step up and play some really good ball. And you know, they could be a fringe top 10 unit uh, with this type of system. So we're really going to see what they're made of. uh, And and I'm actually all for, you know, get these young guys some playing time and see what they can do.
0: Yeah. I I mean, I, I think like you said, if, those two guys get the most playing time then it's probably a really good sign honestly because uh, we've seen that gus bradley's not just gonna play guys who their performance continues to tank or they don't know what they're doing like they'll at least be having positive growing pains i guess you could say yeah you know talking about brents and brents and uh and rush uh but no it, it could always be worse it is true there's just so much variance in how that could go the good news is these guys are pretty much like handcrafted for this system mm-hmm. uh, so the likelihood seems to be that they're going to be closer to average to a little I don't want to call them above average yet but it's going to be a mostly positive experience I guess you could say hopefully,
1: hopefully. yeah I mean worst case they yeah. play like Rocky Sin did during his rookie season a couple of mm-hmm. years ago where a lot of penalties but you saw some decent moments here and there but he was able to bounce back and grow going forward so like if that's the worst case like that that's fine that's fine mm-hmm. as long as they can bounce back and grow going forward that's all you want to see
0: yeah we've seen this before i think it was back in like 06 it was a super bowl season uh von hutchins and jason david two uh two starting rookie outside corners this could go better than that i w- i would like to hope uh <laughs> but lo- looking at the next area of concern we've talked about this one a bit too because they they're doing the same thing this offseason as they did last year the offensive line depth Uh, If you look at the line right now and Bernard Ryman goes down or Braden Smith goes down, you want you just say woof when you look at the, the backup possibilities right now with what's on the roster at the moment, because it's very unknown and it's really reliant on the unknown. And that's again, what they did last year interior isn't a ton better. You got a lot of, there's some guys you like, but again, they're unproven as well. Um, So, again, the Colts are being very reliant on the starting five without putting much pressure again on the left tackle and right guard spots. So what, what are you kind of thinking there?
1: Yeah. I would say the only backups you feel okay, like okay-ish about are Danny Pinter as the backup center and Blake Freeland, you feel decent about as the backup right tackle, because he at least has the athletic ability to get out there and stuff like that. But outside of that, the depth on this offensive line is really concerning. It's really concerning. And like you said, it's a lot of what they did last season and, the reason why I'd actually have this as the most concerning of all the position groups is, you know, this offensive line did not play well last season. So we can't even factor in the top guys and the starters playing super well. Uh, but they don't have even a Will Fries or Bernard Ryman to sub in there if the starters struggle. You know, mm-hmm. Fries and Ryman struggle like the starters did last year. They don't even have guys they can replace them with. Yeah. And the issue with having this, this concern at offensive line is, like offensive line directly impacts the rest of the offense. You know, we saw last season when the offensive line is not playing well, the entire offense corrodes. And if you're going to be starting a young quarterback like Anthony Richardson, like if you're going to go old at any position, when you have a young quarterback back there, go old at offensive line, you know, bring in some veterans at offensive line to shore that up. So your young quarterback can actually develop and get some things done. So, you know, I'm, I'm optimistic for Will Fries, optimistic for Bernard Ryman and optimistic that these stars can actually get back to what they're, what they've done in the past but if they don't it's going to be a really rough season for Anthony Richardson and the Colts offense, and the Colts entire offense in general so yeah I'm, I'm pretty concerned about that offensive line even though I am optimistic that they can bounce back like it's still pretty concerning that they're kind of rolling it back with what we saw last year when last year was I mean at their peak below average
0: yeah they, they always speak about the importance of the interior you know both trenches so it's hard for me to believe that this was the approach again this year but they seem pretty confident in it and i mean more power to them if it works out uh but look looking at our our next group here uh linebacker and this is you know obviously the biggest part of it is, is shaquille leonard gonna play if he is when uh but even if you factor him into this they there's a lot of importance centered around leonard Franklin, Zaire Franklin and EJ Speed, let's say that Leonard's not out there to start the season and he's got to take a few weeks again, like, like last year, then you have Zaire Franklin and EJ Speed. Something happens to Franklin and that is messy immediately Mm -hmm. because Speed is going to, is going to be taking on a new significant role this year. uh, If you consider Leonard won't be out there. And then after that, you don't have a guy like Zaire Franklin to fill in a guy who's been around for several years with them and has been a mainstay. You're, you're relying on Jojo Doman and Cameron McGrone, essentially, who don't have extensive experience on defense in the NFL, at least.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The only thing I'll say on this, because we've talked about this quite a bit is with the Shaquille Leonard situation, we just don't know. Like we don't like we can't, even, we can't comfortably say that he's going to be ready to play this year because we have had no indication that he is. We just know that he's on track to play. He's on track, but we heard that all last off season as well. And he ended up having that setback in another major surgery and only played a game and a half last year. Like, it's concerning. It's concerning. And, and this defense can only go as far as they can with their star players actually playing. Uh, so not having a Shaquille Leonard just kind of hinders the defense quite a bit. And obviously, like you said, other injuries can lead to other backups being out there. But the big thing right there is Shaquille Leonard.
0: Yeah, without a doubt. So next we're going to talk about some free agent moves that the Colts uh, could still explore to alleviate some of these concerns. But first, a word from our sponsor, Bird Dogs. Guys, we are well into summer by now, so we hope that everyone's keeping cool but stylish also. Uh, And Bird Dogs is honestly a legit way to do both of those things. Their stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and the leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. They fit way better than the regular shorts that are made of that stiff, restricting cotton. Uh, Bird Dogs actually fixed this by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki, but it actually stretches to get you a slimmer fit uh, without really having to sacrifice movement and being bunched up. They also use a very important anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long uh, because it's just not awesome to go around all day smelling like it's hot outside. I'm a bigger guy, so I have divvied up some of the stuff that Bird Dogs was nice enough to send us. Uh, I've given it to my friends who maybe aren't as robust as me, maybe in a little better shape. Uh, But I've seen all of them wear this stuff. It looks great. Uh, I've seen my friends wear this stuff on vacation in Mexico, on the golf course, just killing me down the fairway. Whatever. They always enjoy them. And uh, are they having a great time because they're wearing bird dogs? I can't say that that's not the truth. I don't know. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on NFL or enter promo code locked on NFL for a free Yeti style tumbler with your order. That's one thing I definitely do use. And it keeps your drinks. With ice in it, literally in a hot car all day on a summer day. At, at the end, I still got a cold drink when I get out of work. So that I can definitely attest to. Uh, so again, that's birddogs.com slash locked on NFL or promo code locked on NFL for a free Yeti style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. I guarantee it.
1: And every day, is we're going to continue our AFC South preview this week, we're going to have the locked on Texans host joining us at some point this week. I want to say it's going to be the Wednesday episode, but it might be the Thursday episode, depending on uh, a couple other things and breaking news things that could come in. Uh, But we will be talking with the rest of these AFC South hosts to really get the lowdown on, you know, where the Colts fall in this division going forward. All right, Jake, so we're diving into some free agent signs the Colts can make. And again, we want to preface before we dive into this. yes. I think offensive line, we can both agree that we should probably look at that as free agent signings, just because like I said, in the first segment there, if the offensive line struggles, then Anthony Richardson struggles, Alec Pierce struggles, you know, all those guys struggle and you're not really learning anything in this learning season compared to other positions where at corner, even though we're going to mention a couple corners here, we'd probably want to get the young guys out there. These are just options that are going to be available though. The Colts could go out and get, but you know at the end of the day, if they don't sign any of these guys, cool, it's the youth movement in Indy. Uh, but Jake, we want to start on the offensive line, and, and you got a couple offensive linemen written down here, don't you?
0: Yeah, luckily, you know, we talked about those needs on the offensive line, it's seeming to be most likely that that is an area they address. And you know, luckily for them, there are, are several options out there. Uh, looking at guards specifically, Dalton Reisner has started all 62 career games. Uh, his, if you go by PFF metrics, uh, he's ridden that average player average, just slightly above average player line uh, throughout his four years, he's been at left guard. So obviously you got to, you know, he would be your, your right guard. So you got to see how that would work out. Uh, but if you're looking at someone who you don't necessarily have to fit in to be your, your starter and unseat will fries, for example, someone who could probably comfortably fill in as a veteran backup, uh, Justin Pugh, he's had a long career, he started 119 out of 120 games. Uh, so he's been kind of a balanced player, just kind of average throughout his whole career as well. Uh, but still, you don't, you're not really looking for someone who's gonna be awesome. You just want insurance. Like you mentioned earlier, the guys who were the saviors last year are now the ones being depended on. So you need now guys who could be insurance for mm. if they slip up. So
1: yeah. 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 Don Reisner is interesting because like we all kind of thought when he hit free agency, he'd be a guy who gets like eight to $10 million a year. Yeah, over, why is he over. still there? Yeah, there has to be something going on. Maybe there's an injury behind the scenes. Maybe he's waiting for a starter to go down somewhere and, and get a guaranteed starting spot. Or maybe he's just enjoying not playing football. Like, who, who knows exactly what's going on here uh, with Dalton Reisner? But he seems like a talent that really shouldn't be out there. Like, I'm not saying he's a world beater or this phenomenal guard, but he's perfectly fine. Uh, Justin Pugh is one that makes sense still being available because he is on the older side of things, you know, like you said, he's played in 120 games in his NFL career. I want to say he was a pro bowler at one point early on in his career uh, with the Giants.
0: Yeah, I think so. Like around the time between Giants and Cardinals, I know he Mm -hmm. had a lot of injuries to deal with earlier in his career, and I think he still comes up on that a lot, which Again, you don't want to rely on the player like that, but I do think you're, I think he's made a Pro Bowl.
1: Yeah, I think he made, I think it was like one or two Pro Bowls back with the Giants. He was a good player with the Giants and then he, you know, he got paid a little bit and then obviously he's he's at the tail end of his career. You know, he doesn't have a ton of years left, but he seems like someone that you would really want to bring in just to, you know, just to secure that backup guard spot, you know, because right behind Will Fries, like let's say Will Fries is the de facto starter, the guy that you're going to roll out there this year. Behind him, you're relying on, Emila Keor junior who yes, a lot of mock drafts had him as like a fourth or a fifth round pick type player but he fell out of the draft because of a heart issue that was discovered at the combine. He had injury concerns in in college, he got benched a couple times in college, he was a good player when he played but like there were a lot of concerns with him. If that's the player you're relying on if will fries goes down you got to hope that he's ready to go, you know, like Amila cure, is a good player when he plays, but like, there's a reason why he went undrafted. So mm-hmm. yeah, bring, bringing in someone like Justin Pugh to not only back up that side, but also back up Quentin Nelson on the other side. I think that makes a ton of sense. I'm going to stick on the offensive line with two guys here. Uh, George Fant. Uh, he's only allowed one sack last year and 594 pass block snaps. He's the right tackle that played for the jets. Um, He's again, he seems like a Dalton Reisner type player who's waiting mm-hmm. on an injury, waiting on an opportunity to become a starter, which obviously the Colts can't give him that. But if he does want to just sign on to be a backup or be, you know, a prime backup for the Colts, I think that's a quality option. And then I wanted to have some fun with my other offensive line guy, and that's DJ Fluker. Now, DJ Fluker has not played in the NFL the last two seasons, uh, formerly of the he was with the Chargers. I think he was with the Chargers under when Shane Steichen was there. You know, so he had he overlapped so. with Steichen, uh with the Chargers. Um, and, yeah, he he kind of moved to tackle his last couple seasons. And he was like 330, 340 pound tackle. Like it was it was a really weird fit. Uh So he's kind of been out of the NFL the last two years. But he worked out at the Alabama Pro Day this year and he came in. I, I think it was around 330 still, but was rocked up. He was super great, athletic. Yeah. yeah, super powerful. And I'm like, you know what? What hurts giving him a shot in camp? Let's see what he can do. And again, I know he's another player who's, you know, pushing 30. I think he's a little over 30 even. Um, and he's been out of the NFL the last two years. But like, give him a shot. What what hurts? You know, what, what does this hurt? If anything, he just pushes Emila Kior and Will Fries to be better players. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm all for bringing in DJ Fluker and just seeing what he can do. Because seeing the type of athlete he looked like at that Alabama Pro Day, I'm like, this is not at all what we saw <laughs> DJ Fluker in the NFL. DJ Fluker right. was a mauler who was a little stiff and couldn't really move that well, but if he could move well now and he's super athletic or not super athletic, but like just in better shape, like mm. sure. Sign me up. Let's get some DJ Fluker in here. So I think, yeah, I think offensive line is where I would make a signing for the Colts. Uh, these other two players that we're going to mention here, I probably wouldn't do, but yeah. I would understand. Uh, but yeah, offensive line font, uh, fant DJ Fluker, Justin Pugh, Dalton Reisner. Like I think they all make a lot of sense for this team.
0: Yeah, without a doubt. And so Other than offensive line, you know, we talked about cornerback being kind of a concern. There's two names here. One's probably not as likely. That's Marcus Peters. Uh, You know, he's been a ball hawk throughout his career. He's always been a starting outside corner. Uh, Really good player. You know, came back from an injury last year and and looked the part. was still really good. Uh, I think he would fit into Gus Bradley's system just fine. Um, and, And again, guys who can take the ball away fit into every system somehow. Uh, but mm-hmm. the other one who, that may be a little more realistic, even though his size doesn't really fit the profile, uh, Troy Hill, I think he's 5'11", about 180. So a bit undersized for what the Colts would be looking for. But, you know, he started 55 out of 97 games in his career. Uh, has has the ability to play inside and out, which I think is a big deal considering Kenny Moore, because your, your next guy who's probably going to be able to play inside for the Colts right now is Tony Brown. Yeah. Uh, so... Troy Hill could come in and have a lot of responsibility, but doesn't necessarily eat into the young guy snaps too much. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're probably looking at like a Brandon face on role for him. Um, so, I mean, Darius rush probably would be a victim of that, but it doesn't really affect Juju brands, for example. Yeah, um, But someone like Marcus Peters, you bring in and he's your cornerback one or two right away.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The only thing I throw at the Peters one is obviously, Like you guys all know, Chris Ballard was a big hand in drafting him there in Kansas City years ago. So there is that connection. If the Colts are looking at training camp and saying, you know what? These young guys aren't ready. We're not ready to put them out there. Then there's that connection with Marcus Peters to bring him in. But we're going to finish up discussing some. Tr- we're going to finish up discussing this uh, this whole topic here by talking some trades the Colts could make. You know, obviously talking some trades that the Colts you know could acquire players and some trades where they could send some players out. Uh, but we're going to talk about that after this word from LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. It's super easy to post your openings on LinkedIn jobs. Just just describe the position, tell them the type of candidate that you want that meets the certain criteria, then add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. We're talking today about potentially adding players to the Colts that could help at the beginning of the season. It's no different from a business. Find the best candidates to add to your work team today. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right, Jake, so we're talking some trades here. We're talking some trades. You know, in the NFL, nobody really trades, so it's kind of – it's kind of uh, hard to talk about this topic here, but if you look at past history with trades, and, and outside the big ones, outside of you know trading for you know Devonte Adams or like the big names that the Colts are not going to do, the most likely trades that you get are either trades that hey a team just drafted a player in the first round and the the starter before them is on the trade block now. Uh, like Chuck Clark, for instance, from the Ravens, he got traded to the Jets this offseason after Kyle Hamilton was was drafted last year and played pretty well last year. So that's one way. And the other one is when you have a player at a premium position that was drafted in the second or third round and just has not worked for two years or three years, whatever it is. Uh, so looking around the league at some potential draft picks or potential you know players the Colts could trade for. Uh, I was looking at the Steelers' offensive tackle situation. Uh, they just drafted uh, Broderick Brodrick Jones out of Georgia. He's going to be starting at one of their tackle positions. I'm presuming I'm presuming the left tackle spot. So whoever loses out between that right tackle battle between Chukwukora for and Dan Moore Jr., you know they could be on the block. You know the Colts could maybe trade a late round pick for one of those guys. Now I don't think the Steelers would trade them because it's better to have three decent left ta- or three decent tackles than to have two. And what's a six round pick when you're, you know, when your tackle goes down and you don't really have anything there, but that was, that was one thing I was looking at. I was trying to look at some other trades, but Jake, I kind of came up short on a couple other ones.
0: Yeah. Cause I mean, when you, when you look at it, it's all big name players that are kind of being shopped out there. Uh, but no, th- those, I think those make sense. Jukes for Dan Moore. I really remember liking a for coming out of his draft class. Mm-hmm. Um, I know I, I feel like what I've seen some of the discourse on Twitter from a uh, Steelers perspective is they've been really hot and cold on those guys. Like right, probably worth having on your roster, but you don't want to have to super re- like rely on them quite a bit, which I think would be perfect for the Colts because you don't necessarily want to be the starters, but you want depth there guys who have been there and played before. Uh, so I, I really like those ones quite a bit. Um, yeah. I think that makes a lot of sense. Again, Blake Freeland, it, like you don't, I think they have a specific plan for him and, you know, we've seen him fill in for Braden Smith already, you know, during, during OTAs, you get to be more, you get to stick to your plan a little more when you have depth, you know, Mm -hmm. when you have, you don't have to rely on those guys so much. So I, I think that's a good spot to look.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So in the two others I had for draft picks that are, you know, guys that were drafted in like higher rounds that just did not work out with the original team and could be on the trade block. I had pass rusher Malcolm Kuntz from the Raiders, former third round pick in 2021. He's only played like 70 snaps in the NFL. Uh, Really good athletic profile. You could see the Colts being a team that take a chance on that. But again, trades are very unlikely, so we'll see. And I put one on here that I think is just fun. I don't think there's any chance in in H-E-L-L that it happens. There's no way it happens at all. But maybe this player is released. You could see the Colts take a chance. But quarterback Malik Willis. You know, quarterback Malik Willis from the Tennessee Titans seems like he's going to be the odd man out this offseason. Like it's you can't really justify keeping him when you just spent that pick on Will Levis because you're just not going to give the development time to Malik Willis. And if you're looking at it from the Colts perspective, you know, they, they kept three quarterbacks all last year. So if you're already going to keep three quarterbacks and you prefer to have your backup, your like long term backup, be a similar style to your starter i mean it would be fun (laughs) it would be i'm not even a big malik willis fan i thought he was right to go in round three when he did go in round three or round four i think it was round three actually uh to the tennessee titans but like look if he gets released i i'd be a fan of claiming him i i I think he'd be a fun long-term backup behind anthony richardson maybe he never develops as a passer, but like the, the the running ability is pretty fun. I don't know. I'm not actually saying I want this to happen or anything, but like, I just like, I like the idea of more athletes at the quarterback position.
0: Yeah. And I mean, what, what does it hurt to have Malik Willis compete with Sam Ellinger for that third quarterback spot? You know, it it hurts nothing. Um, Again, (laughs) like I don't, it it could be more likely that he gets released and the Colts pick him up. Like you mentioned, because I mean, he was a, he was a third round pick. Obviously, teams weren't sold on him, and then when he did finally get some playing time last year, the Tennessee didn't really do anything with it. Like he was just a real mobile quarterback during that. There yeah. wasn't much passing going on, so maybe the Colts. It's pretty common for them to roll with four quarterbacks or so throughout training camp because you want more than just the three. Um, so, I mean, maybe they bring him out there. They can sneak him on the practice squad, perhaps.
1: I feel like he's going to get I feel like he'd be traded for like a 6th or a 7th oh, yeah. or probably like a 7th out out to the NFC but like mm-hmm. in the in the crazy scenario where it's not the Titans that have him I'd be interested in throwing a 7th rounder at him because it would be fun like why not you know like those 7th round picks it's unlikely to make the roster anyway if you can find your long-term backup it would be fun. So that's all I have about players the Colts could trade for. It's it's very unlikely the Colts actually make any trades for these guys. Maybe on cutdown day, they trade for uh, a 10th string pass rusher like they typically do or something like that or or a uh, linebacker or a Matt Pryor type. They always trade. Yeah, they trade for a linebacker or the 10th offensive lineman that they end up cutting <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Um, you know, it's unlikely they make a trade, but those are just some hypotheticals I thought were kind of interesting.
0: Yeah. I mean, perhaps even more unlikely is them trading away one of their own more prominent players. You know, now that the draft is gone, you know, the the buzz around Michael Pittman Jr. is pretty much quieted and for good reason. But yeah. like, I mean, it's going into a contract year and you have to decide, is he going to be one of those guys you give $20 million a year? Because that's the going price for a player like, like him mm-hmm. uh, right now. You look at teams like the Packers, Falcons or Rams could really use someone like him. Um Which gives it the tiniest outside chance, but almost not worth mentioning. It's why it's a footnote right here at the end. Uh, But a player like Moale Cox, too, and again, could be more than likely just a cut like before camp. You save two point nine million with that because there's no dead cap next year. Uh, But those, you know, just for the just for the sake of argument, those are a couple players on the other side of it who they could dole out rather than be bringing in from another team.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, All you guys in the comments, let us know who on this Colts roster you would trade away right now. Would you trade away by Michael Pittman Jr.? Would you trade away Jonathan Taylor? Would you just trade Quentin Nelson because you don't like offensive linemen? Put it in the comments below. And we want to hear what you guys have to say about that. And all you awesome, all you beautiful and awesome everydayers, we're going to continue our AFC South conversation with the host of Locked On Texans. At some point this week, we're going to have a blast just talking about, you know, Maybe the Colts and Texans being two bottom feeders this team this year, or maybe these two teams bouncing back from what was a bad season last year. We're gonna talk about that later this week. And if you don't already, follow at Locked on Colts, at Jake Arthur NFL, and at Zach Hicks2, all on Twitter. Also subscribe to Locked on Colts podcast on YouTube, or wherever you listen to your podcast. We'd love your guys' ratings and reviews. And we'll see you guys bright and early tomorrow morning.